Hello and welcome back to House Call Podcast number, was it three or four of our WWE Fight Pit episode. I'm Jake and this is Ollie and we have a lot of stuff to review and we have two weeks to go over so let's get started. So first we'll start off with Money in the Bank winners. Damian Priest wins the men's Money in the Bank as he's, I see the nod of disapproval by Ollie here. As we all wanted LA Knight to win, as Triple H has said at the press conference afterwards, the best chances come to those who wait. Which maybe I don't know, I don't know, but um, I know for but we know for a fact that Damian Priest is going to cause relationships. Uh, drama with Finn Balor, which he already has over the past couple of weeks. Uh, they've seemed fine right now, but right now uh, they had to face Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes at NXT last night, as of this recording, July 12th, so Tuesday last night. And they seemed like they were on the same page, and they seemed like an actual formidable foe for the time being. I just think it's patchwork for the time being. So what do you think of, I know we talked about uh, before this recording about uh, Damian Priest winning it, we'll go on to talk about Damian Priest after, but I know you have to vent about LA Knight. If so you can't please. read my name, you, you, you yeah. Now, if you can read my name, you'll understand exactly how strongly I feel about this. LA Knight was robbed! Right? You, I mean, you could argue, I guess, that he's so over that he doesn't need the briefcase, but the WWE Universe, we are so long overdue just a massive moment involving LA Knight. Like, he was incredibly disrespected when he first got called up. He was putting on a huge losing streak, which he did finally manage to snap against Xavier Woods. But then he was just used as like cannon fodder to fuel the underwhelming return of Bray Wyatt at Royal Rumble, which did nothing for either of them. He was then teased to appear at WrestleMania, which he didn't. He was teased to appear at Night of Champions, which he didn't. Finally given somewhat of a chance by beating Montez Ford to qualify for the Money in the Bank ladder match. But... Yet, despite the overwhelming support that he gets from the audience, no matter where they go, he still just isn't giving him... Like, WWE are not giving him the push that he deserves. Like, Triple H could could have easily said, good things come to those who wait, just to shut everyone up, when in reality they might have no plans for him. Like, the, bear in mind, like the growing popularity of LA Knight over recent weeks and recent months hasn't been because WWE have booked him any differently. It's just because he's grown on the WWE Universe that much. And that they finally decided to see him for the megastar that he is. And he's still technically a heel. And the only thing that they've, they've got actually planned for him is a face turn somewhere down the line. Because if you can tell, he still slams the audience a little bit in his promos. But besides that, they, they've got nothing. And he's, we need something. Like, something soon as well. Don't get me wrong, I like Priest winning. Like, uh, he, like that Priest winning can cause so many things going further down the line, especially within the Judgment Day, but LA Knight just absolutely should have won. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's something that I know WWE does this a lot. They like to tease, especially when it's for you know the fan favorites. They do that with Daniel Bryan. You know, I'm not saying that he's going to go exactly down that same route. He's not going to go against the authority angle, but he's gonna. We definitely don't have to deal with that anymore. Thank God. Um, but it's, I think it's just more the fact that LA Knight needs to be 
uh, he needs to have more matches. They don't put him out for more matches. And the more he's out for more matches, the more creative he can get in the ring, thus creating more relationships with the wrestlers, knowing what he's going to do, getting, you know, in the, within the system, getting that rust off. I mean, when he's in the ring, he's fine. He's great, actually. You know, he, but he has limited himself to a few moves, the moves that he knows that other wrestlers will catch on to. But now he needs to expand that. He needs to take that Seth Rollins route and take out and and take out some of the old stuff with some new ones, and you know recreate that repertoire that he has. That's already great. It's already seasoned. You just need to add a few extra moves. What he and what I've seen from the ring, which is very few matches, because if 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 it was LA Knight truly going to win. He probably would have had more matches because you wanted him to seem more believable in the ring that he could do it and he could defend the title. That's what they you want to do with Money in the Bank guys, and I think that with Damian Priest, he was already proven in the ring. You already had him for a late leak at what, what that whole U.S. Championship reign, right? And what did he lose at a WrestleMania a couple years ago? Yeah, uh... but no, I'm sorry. he lost at a WrestleMania right away after he went to the Judgment Day. He went to the Judgment Day after a lot, like a couple months after he um, lost the U.S. title. I don't remember who to, though, but I remember that it was that short time stamp that they didn't know what to do with him. And they said, well, well, let's turn him heel. Let's find a new window. Do that with him. Damien Priest is fine to be Money in the Bank. That was my second option. I don't know. It was mine as well. It's better storyline-wise, you know. Although I wanted, um, you know, maybe if I saw um, Ricochet win it, but I, I definitely wouldn't have seen anything going with him. You know, I don't think Ricochet can tell a good story. Um, we'll go back to Ricochet in a few minutes, but I think, I think, speaking towards a storyline way, that's what Triple H has done throughout since he's been here. So I think. With Damian Priest, storyline-wise, it's a great option to have, especially with how formidable he can be in the ring. Um, like I said, cause causes relationships already. Like, it's already caused uh, friction in the relationships, excuse me, with Finn Balor himself. And Finn Balor, we all know, had a match against Seth Rollins and Money in the Bank, which we'll transition to, by the way. Finn Balor losing to Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight Championship. Seth Rollins has his first title defense and successfully retains it. And while Coup de Gras seemingly was going to end it from Finn Balor, it turns out that Damian Priest wasn't too happy with it as he stood up from his chair. He was watching from outside the ring. And Finn Balor gets distracted by it. I don't know why. That's just WWE ways. It's just their logic. Some guy appears, stands up from the chair or someone uh, appears from the from the crowds uh, looking over the barricade, and apparently that person gets distracted and doesn't get focused on the match. Whatever. Finn Balor gets distracted, and he misses the coup de grace. Seth Rollins says with a curb stop, one, two, three, and the match was over. I think it was uh, more of a good storyline to tell, especially when you involve Seth Rollins in it. If you involve Seth Rollins in a storyline to help you disband the uh, faction, that's a good way to go. And Triple H, is he knows Seth Rollins. He can tell a good story. So there you go. I think I think they'll have one more match at SummerSlam, in my opinion. 
Finn Balor and Seth Rollins just to ease the tension a little bit more with Finn Balor not getting another championship match. But now he gets one. Now he's on a good relationship terms with Damian Priest. We'll see if they butt heads again in the future. But so far, it's only July 12th, 252 on Wednesday. We have a good, what, uh, three and a half weeks for that to happen. So, you know, that's most likely going to happen. So what do you think? Well, I did say last time that if Priest would potentially have gone on to win the, the ladder match, that there would cause unrest within the judgment day, which it has, even if they think they've made up a little bit, you can still tell there's something there. And there's been a few spots, quite to be, to be honest, where, where Priest has shown signs of standing up to Bella and almost making himself look like the, the obvious babyface choice, which again would be the obvious choice if you look at Bella's reactions to these sort of little moments from, from Priest. Because Bala sort of acts as if he, he owns Damien and expects him to fall in line behind behind Finn Balor, which is typical heelish traits. So if a turn was to happen and, and the judgment day were to split further on down the line, don't be surprised if Damien Priest is the one that, that turns babyface with, with Balor remaining the fucking amazing heel that he is. Right. I, and I love the way that they do with Finn Balor. Finn Balor's a very... The way that they've done... Because obviously we've seen face Finn Balor for so long, Okay. I'm not. I was tired of it when 2019 hit. He should have gotten a new gimmick when he got that Prince gimmick, okay? Right away, okay? He did in NXT, I think, for a short time, right? When he was in NXT, he was a heel as Prince. Yeah. Okay. So he was a heel for a short time. You saw him in NXT. Bring that up. Bring him up as the heel Prince. You know, seemingly he's a good guy, right? Do the Sasha Banks route. Oh, I have the fake pink hair, but I dyed it blue, but nobody knows it yet. And I'll turn heel on Natalia. She should have done that like three years ago. But thank God we have it now. Better late than never. Um, but speaking of Money in the Bank winners, we'll transition to EO Sky winning the Money in the Bank. She almost cashes it in on Asuka last week, four days ago. And well, I would say five days ago. But. Seemingly, which is the fact that she's showing everybody that she's the money, she's the women's money in the bank winner. She's going to aim for the biggest fish. And that's how she should do it, especially with Asuka. You know, Asuka is one of the more deadly, especially with her gimmick now, the badass, deadlier character that she's got. So, you know, with all, you know, with the the, the face paint and the, the mist that she has, I love that. Great. Great way to expose a character like that. Um, you have, but the way that things are in SmackDown right now is that you have, it's a mess. You have three women going for that title. You have Io Sky apparently, but before it was Charlotte and Bianca Belair now. Bianca Belair returned, I think, after Money in the Bank. She said, okay, you know, uh, or before Money in the Bank, she said, oh yeah, Charlotte, you don't get to have a tag team match. Why are you getting involved in whatever? And she was shouting from the crowd. And Charlotte, you know, tests her, you know, pushes her buttons, causing her to get involved and destroying everybody. So I think I think what's good is that they have a triple threat match at SummerSlam for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Or I don't know what they call it, Undisputed Women's Championship. Whatever they're calling it nowadays, they just need to get a triple threat match. I think that's great. You know, put Charlotte in there, especially for, you know, her t- amount of talent that she has in the ring alone. You put the, you put the strength, 
Do you put the uh, strong one in there? You put Bianca in there, and then you put the striker in there. You put Oscar in there. I think that's a that's a great triple threat combo to have, especially in a women's triple threat match for a title. So, what do you think? I I I I can say about what how much this can go, where this can go, but I honestly don't know. It can go either way. Well, yeah, we, we were speaking of babyface turns, weren't we? And I think we saw another one, even if it wasn't really official, in EO Sky handcuffing Bailey to Becky Lynch in the ladder and climbing over the pair of them to win the women's money in the bank ladder match. Who I think EO is obviously the the candidate for the face turn here. I mean, just look at the crowd reaction when she won it. Like, they were so behind her. And this, if the turn hasn't, like, officially happened yet... This is just like another version of the, you know, the classic, you know, faction member finally breaks free from controlling faction leader who had them under the illusion that they were as tight-knit a group as they appeared. But my my one question is, if Bailey and Neo are kept in a storyline together, women's title aside, because I think this is more of like a, a, a slow-burning money-in-the-bank storyline, which they'll attach separately like later down the line, where it just makes more sense to put EO in a feud directly now with Bailey. My question now is... Why does Dakota Kai fall into all of this? Because she has been out of action for a few months now with an injury. So where where does she fall into this? And I'll, I'll get onto that later on. I don't know where they put Dakota Well, I can start with that. I don't know why they haven't done anything with Dakota Kai. She is the outcast. And I'm telling you, she is going to be the first one to leave. I'm telling you. Yo, Sky and Baylor are going to get into it at some point. Excuse me. You know, because I just, my voice just cracked. But they will get into it at some point. They will. And between Eosky and Bailey. And with Dakota Kai, she's going to seem like, well, I have nothing. Why do I, what do I have left in this group? This is, she sees the running on the wall and she leaves. She's, that's just how it's going to go. And the same thing I'll think with the Judgment Day. I think with someone, most likely Dominic, will leave. Because Dominic is the chicken shit heel. Because he once he sees something going wrong, he leaves. It's kind of how he is. Yeah, remember he's he's prison Dom. He's he's scared of commitment. He's been he's dirty done Dom. Oh, dirty Dom now. Yeah, he dirty is. Dom now. Yeah, dirty Dom. Oh boy. <laughs> what are you? Dirty deeds. Should I give him a dirty deed instead? Oh. Imagine Dean Ambrose being in this fucking time frame. Oh I'd, my god. I love it. I would love it. Dean Ambrose. Looking at the Judgment Day and just like making a toy out of Dominic, I love it. Not fucking bleeding in every match, oh, it's, it's a dream. Oh yeah, not bleeding because WWE has to limit that apparently. Um, well, we'll go to one of the sh- more shocking returns. Not the shocking is ret- well, okay, it was equal to me. It was equal to me. One of the more shocking returns of the night: Drew McIntyre returns after Gunther successfully defends his uh, Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle. And Gunther, you know, you know, he has this, he has his hand behind his back with the Imperium, has his hands up, you know, like they do because they're pricks. Um, <laughs> and Drew McIntyre's sword, you can hear it, you hear the sound effect, and then the huge pop masking the rest of his music as Drew McIntyre comes out and Claymore's Gunther. So. Will there be, because we've already seen from the last couple of weeks, Matt Riddle and Drew McIntyre seem to have aligned with each other to take out the, uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser for Imperium. So do you think that they would be in a triple threat match for the SummerSlam Intercontinental Championship match? I think 
it would be good. Just so that, you know, because that way Gunther doesn't have to get pinned if they want him to lose the championship, which I hope happens, please. Because you need someone for the presumably Survivor Series match. I will get into that later on. But um, what do you think? Well, Gun- Gunther and Riddle, and I've included stage directions in my notes here. Gunther and Riddle... I'm going to say this a lot, smells like a SummerSlam match. That's going to become my catchphrase. But it will also, I could get behind it, and it will also be the exact definition of big, meaty men slapping meat. Yes, please. I I do think that, I've been asking myself, could Drew finally be the one to to dethrone the best IC champion in the modern era? He's probably the highest profile opponent that Gunter's had since he won the championship. So, I'm not saying he will win. He's just like, he has more of a chance to drop the title now than he ever has since he won. Because it, Drew is probably the biggest, highest profile opponent that Gunter's had. I mean, I, I agree. Drew McIntyre, if anyone, he's, more, he's beaten Brock Lesnar. Might as well be Gunther, right? Although that's some, some that's a match I want to see too. Brock Lesnar, Gunther, WrestleMania. Again, I'm... Big meaty man. <laughs> Big meaty men slapping meat, and that was what I did it for the first time. Which that apparently got called off, and because Cody and Brock are still doing their fucking pointless storyline, it's of, of meaningless it's, bullshit. Like I was right, wasn't I? Like why? Similar to like the second episode we had, Cody was going to have his day off. Mm. Um, not Cody. Brock Lesnar was going to have his month off. You know that it's it's on Brock Lesnar. We love him to, <laughs> you know, to wrestle in two consecutive months, three consecutive months. It's just not how Brock Lesnar rolls. He needs to spend time in his lodge in Saskatchewan hunting down the moose. <laughs> um, but I think the best way to end that story, Cody Rhodes winning, obviously, he has to finish the story. Have you seen those memes? With um, with uh, Cody Rhodes in the it's someone in the library and um in the library it tells you the library is closed and then Cody Rhodes says I have to finish the story. No, I haven't seen that. That's good. No, but this is probably the funniest thing that's come off Cody's feud at all. But no. Him and Dominic at Money in the Bank was probably exactly what I and pretty much everybody else thought it was going to be, which is a pointless half-assed semi-grudge match with no real meaning. Pretty much only to add it to the card in the first place to give Cody something to do while Brock was on his resident month off in the lodges in Saskatchewan. But no, I I will admit, though, I was intrigued when I heard Cody mention that he wanted a rubber match with Brock at SummerSlam. Now, I was a bit like, oh, whoa, 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 calm down, Cody. Until oh, I was informed no. the proper definition of a rubber, okay? Don't forget the first strip of condom onto the other one's head wins. <laughs> it's a Johnny on a pole match, everyone. Let's go. Johnny on a pole match. Oh my god! Now I know that John Cena meme. I remember that prank phone call in a in a shoots and ladders makeout match. <laughs> 
It's a rubber. It's a rubber makeout match. A rubber makeout match. For the love of God. Oh man. Oh. I gotta tell you, the best part about saying I want a rubber match is when he's not expecting it. Okay. And he was so serious about it as well. I uh, want a rubber match. I want a rubber match. <laughs> I can't even do it without laughing. Come on, uh, Cody. You know better than this. Come on, Cody, mate. But he has to finish the story. <laughs> um, With the rubbers. <sighs> uh, he's gone through, so <laughs> through so much hell he has to bring out the rubber. All right, you made me do this, Brock Lesnar. <laughs> it's like cracking the belt, except it's just whipping out the <laughs> I didn't want to do this, Brock, but you made me. <laughs> yeah, I had no choice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Like I, like you said, be, big meaty men uh, to another oh, level. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> <laughs> um. <coughs> oh man. Okay. No, I know, I know this, we've got, I already made it too far. Um, <laughs> so I'll take my ownership of that, but what Barrett Corbin has also taken ownership as well with the fact that all of his characters have sucked. Okay. Yeah. So now just last night and NXT has returned his lone wolf character. Finally, four years in the making. Constable Corbin. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Constable Corbin. Oh my god, that was a joke. Yeah, we don't have anything to do with Baron Corbin, but, you know, we like him because of his cool moveset. Let's make him a, a, a right-hand man, a Kurt Angle. I didn't mind that, to be fair. I, I kind of liked him as, like, the sort of authority figure. Similar to what they what? did with Kane. Oh, corporate Kane. Oh my god. Kane. Remember Jerry Lawler first seeing Kane being sold out to the authority goes, Kane? In a suit and tie? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like this. Uh, but again, Baron Corbin finally bringing back his own character, although he's balder. But other than that, he's fine. I don't care. As long as he brings back that character, it was fine. It was a long time coming, finally. Not very excited about it because it's Baron Corbin. But it's the best version of what Corbin was. So, thank God. Um, we'll also move toward the rumors of Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano was seemingly, for a little bit, they said that he was a little, you know, he was still injured. But especially when Tommaso Ciampa came back not too long ago, that those rumors started flying around like bees. So, I will say... What my latest report that I've gotten was that Johnny Gargano has been fully healthy for a little bit. They were just waiting for him and Tommaso Ciampa to be fully healthy at the same time. So that way Johnny Gargano can get the call. So far, I think they've set that up. So far, Tommaso Ciampa had his match with The Miz, no DQ match. Bronson Reed gets involved because whatever. they Corey Graves played it off saying that you know, the Miz has some strings to pull. He knows how to do it. You know, whatever. He has some people in his pocket or whatever. Help him win. Miz won. Now, seemingly... Can you hear that? <laughs> My dog's gotten a hold of her toy. 
Um, but speaking of which, it's more of the fact that you have Bronson Reed and The Miz. Now, I think what's good is that you have them. I think, obviously, wouldn't anybody else think that this is an obvious setup for Johnny Gargano to come back, right? A 2 on one Oh, I'm not alone. And now comes Johnny Gargano's music, and then yeah. they reunite as DIY. As long as it's the original music, not that remixed bullshit that, that he got before he was injured. Yeah. No, I think... Um, I think that's the best way to go with Johnny yeah. Gargano. And... Well, it's, it's just like, it's the best case scenario for everyone involved because Bronson Reed has done really nothing apart from being in the uh, Elimination Chamber match. The Miz has been nothing more than a jobber for about four years now. And I mean, he had one like a week long WWE Championship run. That was it. Right. And then Champa hasn't really done anything since coming up to the main roster as well. And it's all aligning just so perfectly for everyone to, to come in and, and to elevate themselves as a part of this. And this is definitely something I, I just want the classic Miz back. Like the, the A-lister, the, the, the fucking, the guy oh, who wins the Intercontinental the Championship says, every week. Yeah, you don't want the Miz that says I have gigantic balls on my shirt? <laughs> no. I want the no, Miz to say I have Hollywood balls on my shirt. Yes. Um, I'd buy that. But no, Miz needs, again, he needs something, as I've said with fucking everyone I've gone through in this episode. Right. Um, I think. But I'd, I think... I'd take that, you know. I'd take a, a reunion for DIY. Maybe that could turn into a main roster feud as it did on NXT further down the line. I don't know. WWE seems I... to love splitting up tag teams. I don't know. I know they do, but if you're going to reunite them, Oh, I don't know. I think I think for right now, especially with how big we have on the main roster right now, I think it's time to keep them as a tag team for a little bit, have them win the titles, do whatever, and then split them up however you want. I just think that, you know, it's more of the fact that they've already had their feud. It's already been burnt out so much. Not burnt out, but, you know, used so much yeah. that it's just going to be the same thing. It's not, we're not going to get anything else any deeper than we did in NXT. I think the best way they should do it is keep it in NXT, you know, have them, you know, be themselves. You know, I don't, I don't think we should go into further depth of them splitting up because that's probably not going to happen necessarily. Not yet. But we'll, we'll probably wait about a year, I'd say, until they start splitting up. But hmm. we'll have to wait until then. Um, but... Uh, another thing, uh, speaking of rumors, speaking of returns, uh, I will keep saying about the updates about Randy Orton because he was my childhood wrestler along with John Cena, Edge, and Batista. So here's what I think. And what I've gotten from recent reports is that Randy Orton is rumored to return towards the end of 2023. That's what many of the rumor reports have said. But although I think it should be his return, should be pushed back for the Royal Rumble, that way you get a surprise return in there. Yeah. That way he stays an extra few months healthy. Now he's, you know, still training. He's still, he's still, maybe he's still in shape. I don't know. Gets back in ring shape, you know, but gets in there behind the scenes and then goes into the Royal Rumble. And all of a sudden, you know, he returns at like maybe 30 or 25 or however they want to do it. I think it would be best if you have him return that. But what do you think about uh, how would you schedule his return? Probably similar to how you'd have done it, but I'm, I'm really confused as to how it's gone from his dad, Cowboy Bob Orton, saying that doctors have advised him to retire to, mm. okay, he's actually probably going to return so quickly. 
Like, I don't know what's happened or if there's been any significant medical advancements. But I don't know. I was kind of banking on my whole... Um, I had a letter sort of storyline that involved him and Money in the Bank with mm. Randy Orton um, being a cameraman. And Riddle, <laughs> after losing, he gets a massive ovation from the, the crowd in London and then does all the standing up shit. This is obviously with Drew not returning. And then a cameraman comes up close to him in the ring, puts the camera down, takes his little snud off, and it's Randy. And then just RKO's him, and then we get a SummerSlam match there and then. But I don't know. I, I like the idea of him being in the Rumble. I It could also be like a WrestleMania return or something like that. Maybe. But there are so many like directions they could go with it, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm here for every one of them, to be honest. Right. I don't know if he's going to bring back his RKO. I really do. I really do hope so, but because of his back injury, probably not. Well, I mean, what is Randy Orton without the RKO? Right, no. That's like Stone Cold without the stunner. That's like The Rock without the rock bottom. I know. He's going to have to, but unfortunately, but I think best way for him is just to revive the punk kick and just use that more so average of the ratio. I would say over the ratio, use the punk kick more than the RKO. Don't tell Christian Cage. What? Just don't tell Christian Cage. (laughs) Yes. On May Young. Steps. That was funny. (laughs) Lenny Orton was so much in pain afterwards because he hit his neck on there. Oh, yeah. That was funny. Um, Although I'll go further and I'll go to the more fun part of Monday Night Raw. Alpha Academy, as Maxine Dupree has graduated. Uh, Thank you! As Maxine Dupree has finally graduated... I don't know how long it's been. Was it since May? Yeah. He's been at the Alpha Academy. So now she's a full member, necessarily speaking. She has the Letterman jacket. And then all of a sudden Valhalla, because reasons, steals her Letterman jacket. Uh, It's just entertainment. I know this is filler entertainment for Raw. They're not going to have a match for SummerSlam. It's not a SummerSlam-worthy match. It's just for comedic purposes. Thank you. Thank you. No, this is like this. This smells like a pre-show match at SummerSlam, maybe. But I don't know because in recent pay-per-views, or, or PLEs, uh, WWE have been allergic to having pre-show matches. So I don't know, but I'd, I'd like to see it. Like this is sort of a on the level of a Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, right? Because that's like the popularity of that's gone way down since they moved it to SmackDown before WrestleMania. What? The... No. I, it's it's about time that the Alpha Academy are involved in something that is massive again, especially because they haven't had something like that since they've pretty much turned face now. Because um, they, they had the whole heel run against RK Bro and, and whoever fancied a pop-up being the Raw Tag Team Champions because they changed hands like it was a game of hot fucking potato. But, <clears throat> no, they, they again, I, I say this way too much, but they need something. Like, of course, they're very over right now. And a, a big pay-per-view match. Arguably, I do think it would be bigger had they not, like, had Alpha Academy and uh, Viking Raiders have so many matches, like, on Raw, for example. I think if right. you cut all of them out and just take away the pointless weekly show matches, then you could have maybe a, a pay-per-view-based feud there. But, I don't know, it's, it's probably pre-show level for me if they want to actually do give the people what they want and put a fucking match on the pre-show. Just one, like... Something because Sith WrestleMania, for example, I'm not sitting through two hours of Byron Saxon being a nut over Roman Reigns and stuff. 
or <laughs> Pete, uh, Pete Rosen, like Peter Rosenberg and stuff. I don't know if that's his fucking. I don't pay attention to those pre shows. I just, I, I, I go on my fucking PS5 or something until the show starts. But they, that's that's exactly why they need to draw more eyes on the pre show. And it's, they're so desperately trying to be the NFL with this because you have all the, the discussion and analyst panels and, and stuff like that. And WWE have tried to do that so much, but there's just nothing to back it up. Like, they just sit there, waffling, playing fucking 10-minute-long video packages that we've seen 50 times in the previous few weeks. I mean, there, yeah. There's nothing. There's no substance there. And I think that the Alpha Academy and Maxine Dupree and uh, Sarah Logan and the Viking Raiders could be a perfect pre-show match for SummerSlam. Right. You mean Maxine Dupree? Dupree! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree with you. I, I think it would be great for to have a match, but it, they're not going to do it. <laughs> they're not going to do it. It's it's just because that they like to have their own talk show. They like to do. They like to feel like it's more sports than entertainment stuff. You know, they like have all those talk shows, the pre shows before the actual event. Um, sometimes that is what it is. You know, I mean, I don't watch the pre show. Whoever yeah. needs to watch the pre show, whoever wants to see Booker T r- rambling on about it, I don't <laughs> care. Um, now we'll transition to one of the more future to the future section. Uh, that includes Grayson Waller, who went against Edge, had a great match against Edge. And I don't know, should they have a match at SummerSlam after seeing that? Well, I- I've been following Grayson Waller since his NXT days, and that man definitely has the in ring talent to back up his amazing promo skills. And he's like a breath of fresh air for, for SmackDown at the moment. I mean, whether it's interrupting someone or his little uh, dig at uh, Edge saying, oh, let's, everybody, come on, Edge is retiring. Let's thank him. I was honestly, I wasn't expecting that to be a SmackDown match, to be honest. I thought we were going to save that for, for SummerSlam. And the fact that now I don't think they will just because they've already had the match on SmackDown. Right. But, one man, Ed, uh, not Edge, Grayson Waller, could have a match with at SummerSlam would be uh, John Cena, who came from out of fucking nowhere like a prime RKO with basically a, 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 just a random promo kissing the UK audience's individual asses, which I didn't mind, to be honest. I, I, I was all there for it. And, and, and calling for, for a WrestleMania in London, cue the smoothest fucking transition to another topic you have ever seen. Um, obviously, it won't be next year, because that's taking place in Philly. But right. after that, the year after, could be a possibility. I personally couldn't see it happening. But not because of a lack of like willing on WWE's part, but because it just doesn't make that much sense on the other end. Because WrestleMania is seen as this huge spectacle which draws huge numbers from all around the world, which is a big reason why so many cities want to host it. However, London does all that anyway, you know. When people think the UK, when they think Europe, one of the first things they think is London. It's just one of the most famous cities in the world, and that alone brings in so many tourists year in, year out. Not to mention the amount of revenue that brings into the city as well, with the amount of people coming in from abroad, which helps the local economy. Plus, it would cost the city massively to to hold an event of this size. All-in doesn't really count in this case, to be honest, because that's just a result of a shitload of money being thrown by Tony Khan at the highest bidder. There you go. We want to show, have it. Um, and a clear display of optimism from him that he could sell out the biggest stadium in England. But it just seems like a, an unnecessary cost for the city of London to make when they already have 
you know, the exposure, the money, the tourists, a, a lot of other cities worldwide would only really get by hosting a show like WrestleMania. Because nobody thinks, right, ooh, I'd like to go on an expensive trip to an extremely famous city where I'd have the time of my life. There doesn't have to be anything going on, you know, I'll just go for the culture, the people, and the location. Oh, oh, I know. I'll go to San Jose, California. No! Nobody thinks that. But they, it just doesn't happen. But it does with London. And that level of appeal, without having to host any major events, is going to be a big reason why I don't think it'll happen. Oh, man, that was hilarious. Oh, my God, I love that, that you just bashed San Jose like that. That's funny. I don't live there. I don't want to live there. Um, I just think that's a funny thing. I just Especially... picked a random city that hosted WrestleMania in the past. Yeah. No, it's okay. They'll they'll host it at Saudi Arabia, you know. Yeah. At Jeddah. Wow, <laughs> uh, that's fun. For two nights. <laughs> Main event oh. is Mansoor versus whoever the fuck. Mustafa Ali for the Universal yeah. Championship. <laughs> well, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, Waller, back to that whole thing, is, is proven that he is more than, than capable in the ring, obviously, with having an absolute stellar match against Edge. Like, he, he doesn't need the legends to, to elevate him, because he just does that by himself. But I, I do still feel like that a match uh, with John Cena would be entertaining to, to no end, at least more than the one between him and Austin Theory was. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It's, yeah, he's there. He's his replacement. He is. But especially with Austin Theory not being what they thought he was, you know? Or at least, you know, he's talented, he's good on the mic, but he has no storyline. They don't know what to do with him. They're putting him against the brawling brutes. What is that what is what purpose is that for? That's just that's not that's not something that's a gimmick. Okay, that's just saying, oh yeah, well we have theory here, but he's good on the mic. He has potential. Let's just completely, you know, put him to the wayside and put him against three-on-one. Against unproven guys. I know you like Butch, but unproven guys. Like I'm, I'm a Ridge Paul. boy, if anything. I'm, I'm a Ridge guy. He's from the same city as me, so I, I have to like him. And um, what, what's his name? Seamus. I, like, I love Seamus. Seamus I've loved since I was a kid. This is Seamus we're talking about in 2023. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. You're like, this isn't going to, he's, he's not who he was beforehand. This is the guy that has the same injury as Daniel Bryan does. He's just got it. You know, he doesn't has it has, he doesn't have it as bad. If I can gather my English language for a quick second. <laughs> um, but I'll transition to someone who also has been uh, questionable at best for the championship ever since she won at WrestleMania, Ray Ripley. Two, a grand total of all two title defenses, both against Natalia. Against the same fucking person. <laughs> Congratulations. You had a squash match with Night of Champions, and then you had one decent match on Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago. Congratulations. You guys have finally made her not useful anymore, just like you've had... She's retreated back to what she was three years ago. It's I, I, I'm going to try and resist the overwhelming urge not to say she needs to do something now. Because <laughs> I said that too many times. She you has know, to finish the story. She has to finish the story. What story is that to finish? Uh, 
Rhea versus Dominic for the Women's Championship. I, <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> I, just... I love it. <laughs> that seems to be the only way they could spice this title run up now. That one in Let's the uh, in makeup batch. That that's a makeup. That's a rubber makeup batch. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be the only way they can spice this fucking storyline up with Rhea and this title run with the with Rhea Ripley Buddy now. Buddy because, Murphy would never. Oh, imagine <laughs> that could be a oh. Mm, bring Buddy Murphy back. He's doing fuck all with the House of Black. Bring him back. Buddy versus Dirty Dom for custody of Rhea Ripley. Custody of Rhea Ripley. Yes. No, I won't say that. Custody of... No, it's him versus Molly. Custody of Don. Again. Wait, so Buddy versus Rhea? (laughs) Only someone can get another Custody of Dominic match. (laughs) I was thinking more like a Mommy on the Pole match, but... Yeah, sure. That would do, but no, Rhea's title run is very stale, and they can't just bank on the whole, it's Rhea, she's the do- most dominating woman right now in WWE factor, because right. that, you, you, your luck runs out eventually with that, and I think it already has, kind of, since you won the title at WrestleMania, which was probably the most predictable championship win I've ever fucking seen. Right. You can't play uh, the China angle without a title. You yeah. can't. But you have to play the China angle. You can't just be Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the show pony for Dirty Don. Yeah, fucking Dirty Don, I love it. Um, although, although I'd say that they're pretty equal when it comes to that. With Dominic getting, well, Dominic gets a lot of attention. Ray's just telling him to shut up. That's all she's done. The yeah. only people she's been fighting is the people when she's yelling, when they're yelling at her, dumb, the dumb dumb. Or I'll There's a title dumb. match. Rhea Ripley versus the WWE Universe for the Women's World Championship. I think anyone else would have a better title defense than she does. Yeah. Um, anyone in that crowd, I could have sneezed. I could have sneezed on someone, and that would have been a better match. <laughs> um. But I mean, it's 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 horrible because she could have had all these matches, but now she's. That's why she doesn't fit with the Judgment Day. She doesn't. She doesn't fit mm. with the Judgment Day at all when it comes to this. Because she is too busy focusing on Dominic than actually her own title. Defending her own fucking championship, yeah. And I just had a thought as well. She doesn't. No. I mean, one person she could defend the the championship against once she's done with her own feud is Shayna Baszler. I'd love to see that match. And that's like two of a similar type of of wrestler coming together. Well, what um, you're going to do for the, for the long term? Because we know Shayna Baszler is going to be facing Ronda Rousey at SummerSlam, by the way. Ronda yeah, but Ronda Rousey is also rumored to leave WWE after SummerSlam. Yes, so exactly. That's that you know, out of the window. So Ronda's leaving after SummerSlam. That frees Shayna Baszler to go after Rhea. Yeah, but well, it's a major pay-per-view for SummerSlam. You need to have every uh, women's championship on the rise. You need on in the you need the women's championship. Natalia round three. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, you know what I think they're gonna do. I think they're gonna not give the women's championship, uh, women's tag team championships, a defense at SummerSlam. I think that they'll have Raquel Rodriguez go against uh, Rhea Ripley. I think that would be great. That but, would. Yeah. To be fair. How my 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 patience on that is wearing thin here. <laughs> Mine already has. Right. It's 
it's already like I like I've seen it. You know, she's defended her title twice when a squash match, one decent match on Monday Night Raw. Like I've said, there's nothing wrong with defending your title a little bit, but there's but it matters if you're just being a manager to someone. Don't hold the title. This makes Brock Lesnar look like an active champion. Yes. Yes. Exactly. And I think someone will tell her that later on. I think it would be Becky, but that's just my opinion. Um, and now for the final segment that we have tonight. It is New Uso being written off TV. Jay Uso challenges Roman Reigns for one more match for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. How do you think that and by the way, we have a new title for our segment for the wrap up the show. It's Jake and Ollie. How would we book it? Jay Uso. So here's the situation for the Bloodline story. Jay Uso is written off TV. Jay Uso challenges Roman Reigns for one more match for the Universal Championship. So how do you think they'll go for it later on? Well, this is kind of throwing a massive fucking spanner in the works because this wasn't what I prepared for with my fantasy booking. Um, I have, I don't know. Ambulance spots are always very common with writing people off TV, unless your name is Braun Strowman. <laughs> um, but I, I would personally, like, I wouldn't be opposed to maybe seeing another go at it between Jay and Roman. I, I, I think that Jay, and then I, I remember seeing as well where there's there's been slight little nods at maybe the Usos splitting up. Because if you see the the interview with Ariel Hawani, both of the with, the, with the Usos, they said that their dream match before either of them leaves would be against each other. A WrestleMania match, Jimmy versus Jay. And this sort of storyline could be the perfect way to sort of bring that into fruition. But I'm going to say fuck you to your bloodline storyline at the moment, because I have been preparing for another... Uh, fantasy booking segment and if you think this has been for the eagle eye viewers out there if you think this was just some generic black liquid in an old pint glass that i've been sipping on oh no 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 <laughs> this is my creative juice bitch right so this was going back to the whole damage control situation with bailey eoskai now, I asked a question earlier on in the episode, where does Dakota Kai fit into all of this? And you gave me a pretty good call that she would just leave after seeing the first sight of shit going down. I don't think so. I think because she's very good at playing the heel. So she's going to come back and side with Bailey. Now, that obviously leaves a whole two-on-one situation. because Simply because Dakota Kai is just that good at playing the heel, and this can set up a tag team feud, like I said. Now, this obviously leaves Eoskai without a tag team partner. Now, there are obviously a few people it could be. Could be Asuka, could be Becky Lynch, could be Bianca Belair. No. Let's say we arrive at Survivor Series, just to give a random show. And we still have no idea on who Eo's partner is. And it's something that Bailey and Dakota Kai have been ridiculing her about for months, saying that nobody wants to be her partner because they know they won't be able to beat Bailey and Dakota. So cute. Eo's in the ring, still no partner. Right before the match is about to begin, Bailey and Dakota Cash standing across the ring from her. Then Adam Pierce comes striding out like a prime Vince McMahon. Adam Pierce says that if Eo doesn't have a partner, she'll have to forfeit the match. And she's already she will have failed her cash in attempt by this point. 
So she really doesn't need something like this happening when her confidence is probably going to be already at an all-time low. So the official agrees with, with Big Daddy um, Slam Daddy Pierce and starts counting from one to ten. He gets to five, six, seven, eight, nine. Let's go out. Because why? How else would you would you script this? Right. And we hear after about ten seconds of the arena sitting in darkness, a faint steel guitar off in the distance, followed by a wooden steering wheel appear on the tron and the music hitting of Kyrie Stane coming back. Why did I think Kyrie Stane would come back? Why did I immediately think that? Coming back to the rescue of her compatriot and ultimately lead the pet on to victory against Bailey and Dakota Kai setting Kyrie up for another long-term run in WWE because I miss her so fucking much. I miss Kyrie Sane too. I miss her with the team of Oscar. Mm. Oscar was awesome with her. She misses yeah. her too. She really does. Um, yeah, that's a great. I think the way that you've done it, the structure was awesome, and the suspense. The suspense was off the charts. <laughs> I'm telling you, um, it's a creative juice. Um, I'm telling you. Um, I will actually take a step further. I'm going to talk about the Ricochet and Logan Paul and how to make it interesting because they're going to have a match most likely at SummerSlam. Eight months in the making. Logan Paul and Ricochet. Okay. Now think of it this way. These are two high flyers. These are two agile people. They, I think Logan Paul's going to show some, I I don't know. Is he going to be the heel it has to be, right? Probably, yeah. Surely. Surely, yeah. So, with, with Logan Paul, I think that Logan Paul will... I think Braun Strowman is going to get involved in this. I really do. And I mean the most comical way possible. After brutally hitting Ricochet with a bunch of chairs from Logan Paul because he's the stronger one of the bunch, all of a sudden... He leaves with the chair on his no chair rising up, right? And all of a sudden you hear the and then he has like the look of shock on his face. The scared he turns around and gets fucking run over by Braun Strowman. I think that is that would be a funny way to have Ricochet have backup, especially with the fact that Braun Strowman has not been on TV in months. I think that um, with Ricochet, Ricochet will prove his own self by having his own matches, doing whatever he needs to do to gain some credibility towards the match. And will Logan Paul? Well, it's Logan Paul. Logan Paul will just find a way to insert himself into any match he can just because he's an internet sensation and he's a celebrity uh, guest on WWE right now. That's just how it goes. But he, so Logan Paul, we already know what he's capable of, especially with his match with Roman Reigns a couple years ago. Then we have him going against uh, Ricochet, I mean, going against uh, someone during a match. And then Braun Strowman, all of a sudden, Braun Strowman turns on Ricochet. I think, I think Braun Strowman turns on Ricochet, has a big, I would say big, big, 
like I'd say like in a big way, he can easily cripple Ricochet. <laughs> Ricochet is in a wheelchair throughout the rest up until SummerSlam. And then he surprises everyone and does a flip into the ring saying, I'm fully healed, bro, let's go. <laughs> I don't think Braun Strowman will get involved in this anymore. I think uh, I think Braun Strowman and Ricochet is a very stupid idea as a tag team anyway. Uh, what I will say, though, is Braun Strowman will be by himself. No longer involved in this match. Uh, or I wouldn't say match. In this feud, so to speak. And then you have Logan Paul aiming all over Ricochet's legs, his ribs, whatever Braun Strowman injured beforehand. And then all of a sudden, Malachi Black comes back. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The rules are we can't involve any superstars. So, like from uh, former superstars. But I will say Ricochet will prove himself to be a formidable foe then maybe having another Intercontinental Championship run down the line. That's what I think. So mm. uh, that's just my way of doing it because you got to boost the credibility of someone somehow, especially with Ricochet. And the Intercontinental Championship uh, division or the mid-card division, so to speak, is very thin. You're running on fumes here. You're, you're bringing up talent, and then you're bringing him immediately to the mid-card title, and it's not working. You need to have them make their own way first. So mm. that's I think that will be a good note to end on, especially with the fact that we originally were going to start off with a bloodline story, Jimmy Uso being written off TV, so Jey Uso. I will say this now, okay, because we didn't mention this before we booked it. Jimmy Uso was written off TV. So Jey Uso challenges Roman Reigns to a universal or undisputed universal championship match, however you want to address it, for one more match, most likely at SummerSlam. I mean, he hasn't said it, but at SummerSlam. Last week, he just beat uh, Roman Reigns senseless with the chair, and solo senseless with the chair. Mostly solo. So I think, I think in my mind, I think Jey Uso will win. Only because I want Jey Uso to win. Especially with the fact that, you know, j- just so we can end this whole Bloodline saga thing. It's something, it's very entertaining. They do very, very well with it. It's one of the best stories. But it's almost time for it to end. We can't just extend it. So, I think if you want it to end, have Solo betray Roman and have Jey Uso win. Cross the tension a little bit between Solo and Roman. Although maybe Roman could just defend the title, you know. I don't know. But I, mean, I would love, as a fan, would love Jey Uso to win it. That's just my thing. I don't know about What do you think? Well, I, I think someone needs to get a director and a camera because this could be turned to the next Hollywood blockbuster. This It's, it's cinematic genius is what this is. And, I mean, we've already had a massive moment with Roman has been pinned at Money the Bank for the first time since TLC 2019. That's fucking insane to think about. <clears throat> And I like the idea of, of Solo having to turn on, on Roman and then... Because even though he took the pin, he's still the dominant figure that he was before. That, the, right. Even though in the, the, the Jay pinning him was massive, like it hasn't really done anything to diminish the overall domination aspect of Roman's character. So, like, I do, I do think that 
Roman will only drop the titles if Solo turns. And I think Solo will turn. I'm not sure how long the time frame for that will be. <clears throat> Maybe WrestleMania 40. Maybe SummerSlam. Who knows? But I think that Solo turning without Roman dropping the belts would just feel like a little bit of a bit of an underwhelming like segment or like a spot because we've already seen Sammy turn on Roman, then the Usos turn on Roman. You know, we've seen it all before. Solo turning on Roman would be nothing new. So we need Solo turning on Roman with a little bit of spice. Right. And that little bit of spice comes That's in the form of thing. Roman dropping the championship. Right. So that right. it should all, the only way that that should happen would be is if those two coincide with each other. It would, I think, I think with Roman, I think you're right. I think he realizes that Solo has been the one who's been single-handedly helping him defend those titles. He almost, Drew McIntyre almost won it at, uh, what the hell it was, Cash, uh, Clash at the Castle. Clash at the Castle, yeah. 22, uh, Solo saves him. Solo, Solo Sokoa saves Roman Reigns again at WrestleMania. What's definitely wasn't the Usos. The Usos at that time were being a liability. They were costing Roman matches. And, you know, and I think with Sammy and Jay and Jimmy all gone now, Solo is left alone, just like he was when in his childhood, if they want to go deep down in the story. Him deep down in his childhood, he was his. He was the youngest of the bunch. He never had anyone necessarily to look up to. He was always by himself. He was always the lone wolf, no pun intended, uh, but more respectful than the actual lone wolf itself. He was always uh, solo. Right. Oh, I get it. I didn't hear that. <laughs> I was waiting for that. It was the ultimate suspense. He was, uh, and then I just heard like nothing. <laughs> but yes solo yes he was solo his entire life and that's why roman it always had it, that's why he's the last one to leave because he knows that he doesn't trust anybody he's he's going to listen to what his own instinct tells him roman's going to get him higher up he's going to take Ro he's going to use roman to get him higher up roman literally said you can use me to get you on the top that's what he's been saying i am the wings i can get you on the top you can use me that's what it is. Using huh. you. You you using me so I can use you. It's not how family works. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think we can put a rest to that for now, especially when we have three and a half weeks and more dirt to look forward to. Oh, yeah. But before we end, I would like to go shout out to some of our sponsors. Athletes such as Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, just like we said, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, and Gunther. See how I added those few extra names? They all put themselves on display for us to enjoy. With all that hard work, though, that means they need to hydrate. And the best way to do that is Liquid IV. 20% off. Use the code word the underscore house underscore call underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. SummerSlam is coming faster than you think. Go to stubhub.com to get your tickets now. The location is at Ford Field. The home of the Detroit Lions, sadly, in Detroit, Michigan. Do you want to watch Raw and SmackDown but don't have cable? Just sign up for Fubo TV. And not only WWE, but UFC, MMA, MLB, NBA, NFL, and more. 
Sign up for a free trial to get your sports fixed today. And Sports Memorabilia. Sports Memorabilia is a one-stop shop to get all of your authentic sporting merchandise for jerseys, hats, shoes, anything you want and need. Go to sportsmemorabilia.com. And I will also add a personal favorite, Coffee Bros. You want to drink like a bro? You're tired? Not, you, you, maybe not mowing the lawn like Matt, Matt always says with his, you know, life in Maui. But <laughs> for me, I'm a lazy shit, okay? I, I, I like to wake up at 11 and I still feel tired. Coffee Bros is definitely the way to go. Please get, uh, order your first, uh, or of hopefully your first of many. For Coffee Bros, bro, go get your coffee, bro, and drink like a bro. Bro. Go to coffeebros.com. And that is it for us. Uh, this has been the Fight Pit. This has been a wonderful episode. What is this, the fourth episode, like I said? I, uh, I can't keep... This is number three. You, you literally have it titled above the, the recording. What? WWE Podcast. You have it titled WWE Podcast number three. You dumb fuck. <laughs> I did that tentatively. I didn't know if there was necessarily an extra one that we didn't do. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But whatever the hell it was, either three or four, I'm going to keep asking. Because <laughs> I'm always a dumb fuck. Um, but yes, it's been the Fight Pit. Thank you for watching however many episodes we've been on already. This is Jake. This is Ollie. Peace. That's my cut.